My name is Megan Brett Hamilton, and I'm the host of the podcast Honeybee Connection by MB, where I talk about language, culture, communication, and identity. At the end of my conversation with my guests, I ask them five questions. I ask them the same five questions. Here's what they said. It's coming out. This is MB's five for the hive. So I ask these same five questions to all of my guests at the end of the podcast. The first question I have for you, how do you define race and what race or races do you identify with? Uh, I identify as white. Um, I think that's plain from our conversation. Um, Race to me is, again, a, a signifier of all of the wonderful things that makes a human human. Um, it lays bare, I think, to a certain extent, your your culture, uh, your experience, your humanity, um, and your just the wonderful presence of, of who you are kind of wrapped up in one. Um, you know, it's I, I love that. I, 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 I just love being surrounded by the variety of people that you and I have come to expect from this world. Mm. God, you're really good with language, Caleb. Okay. Um, what is the right way to speak? There is no right way to speak. I mean, there's social, there's social mores and norms and stuff like that, right? But there's no right way to speak. Um, and if anybody tells you that there is, I mean, sure, there, I guess, could be proper ways. You know, again, I don't want to curse in front of my grandparents that much. You know, I want to be respectful. But um, I, you know, I like to tailor my language to a situation or a person, but there's no one right way to speak. And anybody who, who says anything like that and genuinely believes that, I think is blowing smoke. Awesome. Blowing smoke. Maybe that's the title of ours. Okay. I, keep going. <laughs> I always try to think of the title of the podcast as I go through it. Uh, how would you describe the way you speak? Um. <laughs> Honestly, again, probably uh, pretty mundane. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I, I I don't want to use the word normal because that's very polarizing. But I, there's nothing, nothing in the way I speak outside of again trying to make myself look a little smart from time to time with those big words. Um, there's nothing special about the way I speak. But I, but I do speak honestly, uh, and I do I do speak with integrity. Okay. What does your hair mean to you? <laughs> my hair. Wow. Uh, my hair actually means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, we tapped into those ideas, those questions about, uh, uh, or that topic of identity and stuff like that. And as, and as much as I don't want to say I, I don't care about my appearance being a 43-year-old male, um, it's not that I don't care. I mean, for God's sakes, I shower and I take good care of myself, but, <laughs> but, um, uh, I've always had long hair and it, and it just feels natural to me to, to have my hair a little bit longer. Um, and you know, I, as I said before, I have a mustache and a goatee. And one time I shaved my mustache and my wife said never again. So I think it might mean something to her as well. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> nice okay now this one i know it's a little odd but it still it has to do with all my areas of scholarship but i think you would appreciate this why in your opinion 
Do some people have a hard time learning how to read? Wow. That's awesome. Um, I think... Um, disorders notwithstanding, okay. you know, dyslexia, you know, things of that uh, of that degree. I think... There's, oh man, that, that's a great question. There's there's different ways to approach that. There, okay, so um, I think it comes down to external influences when you are younger, and I think that is is very much why I'm not good with math, for example, uh, because I struggled with it and I thought I tried my best, but uh, I didn't really feel like I had much of a support network for it. Now, shift that towards reading. I don't understand why there is a sentiment in this world that is anti-reading. I've never understood that. Um, but that is there. So if you have an external influence who, for one reason or another, either doesn't like reading or can thinks they can, they can identify some aspect of your personality because you're reading, um, or thinks that, you know, um, you know, my, my father-in-law is a hideous, hideous narcissist. And he, yeah, he, um, understand. I, yeah, I could understand that, that personality trait being a big factor in, in, um, motivating people not to read because, you know, Oh, do you want to be better than me? What are you reading? You know, that sort of thing. Now you take that and you put that into an adult, you take, you know, any of those ideas or thoughts and put it into adult. And when they have children of their own or they're exposed to children uh, and they start to, yes, they, they start to cast those aspersions and start to look down. Uh, you suddenly have a child's ego getting wrapped up in, in what they think is something that might not make them popular or might not make them, you know, might not want their, their friends to talk to them or, or might alienate them from their parents. And you have someone who can readily reject this basic amazing way to to better yourself um you know it's mm. if you can't travel if you can't get out into the world if you if you um you know do live uh in, in a place where it's not diverse i mean it's one of the greatest gifts you could do for yourself is get a library card right and read everything i mean read everything because not only is it just you know is it great for all those different reasons but it exposes you to different cultures it exposes you to different language um i read uh oh man there were the the chinua achibi's one really good book um god what was it called i'm drawing a complete brain fart here it's um okay i can put it i can add it in when yeah, you found it please yes, please yes um crud anyway um we're getting older. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the way of all... F no, no, no. That's something... Anyway. Um, opened my eyes to a lot of different things. You know, I read that book when I was maybe 12 or 13, and it 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 was just absolutely fascinating. Um, and it exposes you to, to all the things we've talked about. You know, language, uh, dialects, you know, if you have a good writer who can inject that into into that prose or even a nonfiction, I mean, you get ex you get that exposure. Uh, so 
I, man, I, I think having that negative kind of force impressed upon you about reading is how most people learn to hate it because I, I've never ever met somebody who has, yeah, I've never let, met somebody who just, who has hated reading just, just because there's always some other external motivating factor. And that's, that's really, really sad. <laughs> I know. You know. I know. Wow. Wow, Caleb. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to talk to a wordsmith, linguist, <laughs> generational. I mean, this was awesome podcast. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything that you would like our listeners to know before we sign off? No, but I did have one question for you. Oh, oh boy. Question for me. Let's go. I just stumbled upon Zip's Law. Mm-hmm. How, do you know about this? I do not. Zip's what Law, is that? Z-I-P-F. Um, now, again, remember, I'm not good at math. So this is a, distri- it's, it's a distribution. Okay. Um, I was listening to a podcast and they discussed, they brought up this idea that there is this, uh, this law called Zip's Law. Okay. And basically, and I'm surprised you haven't heard about this because it's rooted in linguistics. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, let me Google. Uh-huh. And the context in which it was being uh, described in this podcast I was listening to that, uh, and as you're reading it, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like there are underlying patterns to all human language at a very basic level. And the podcast I was listening to, and they fit they fit along this this curve, right? The yeah. podcast I was listening to said that recently that's actually been um, – it's also been ascribed to dolphins and whales. You find the same underlying patterns on that, on that, uh, on that curve. And I thought that was really fascinating. I think what I can say to that. And so, yes, I am going to now look at it. What I can say to it though, without knowing about it is that whenever I talk about, so I'm not a linguist, right? I consider myself a communication specialist. My job title is, you know, speech language pathologist, assistant professor. But when I think of languages and I try to talk about African-American English or dialects or Chicano English, I try to take dialect out of it because it has such a stigma when we say that word. So I make sure people understand that we are talking about linguistic systems Mm -hmm. because they're systematic and they're rule governed. And so when we do learn to speak, Oftentimes, if you talk to anyone who's um, a linguist and, and studies, you know, like um, infant babbling and cooing and all of that, okay. we literally, as babies, take statistics. We take oh. statistics of how the language, the sounds are coming in, and that's how we learn to talk. Wow. So that's it really cool. is like mathematical, if you want to yeah. look at it that way. It really is. And, and it's like, so if you are from, I think it's changing it from zero to nine months or 10 months, and you're surrounded in an area who speaks a certain language, who use certain phonemes and patterns mm-hmm. and sounds and cadence, you're going to start sounding like them, right? Yes. If you get there, um, if you're around, so you can take a baby who was born in China and put her in, you know, Silver Spring, Maryland, 
and she's going to end up sounding like the people around her. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works, right? And mm-hmm. so what I do love about the linguistic part of communication, I'll call it that, is that it is very mathematical. It's, it's, yeah. it's systematic. So that's why when I talk to people who speak with different dialects, the one thing I always tell people, I say, it's systematic. No one's willy-nilly saying she don't. Right. Ain't. Right. You know, yeah. my mom car. It's yeah. not willy-nilly. It's systematic. It's mathematical. We take statistics and then we learn it and then we learn the patterns. And even though we're not conscious of the patterns, right. use them. That's what I was, and I was going to ask you about that because it seems like that almost, that my first reaction was that that might stop at some point in the development of your, your kind of capabilities. But now that I think about it, it doesn't, does it? You can move from, from and there might be slight slight variances, right? Like you said, right. if you, so if you were that, that, uh, if, if you were a person from, um, you know, Alabama mm-hmm. and you moved to Oregon and you were there for many, many years, how does that impact that those systems, those systems? Exactly. Right? That's you, fascinating. It is. And I love it because it's, and there's so many variables, right? So yeah. you live in, you were born in Alabama, you moved to Oregon, but guess what? Your parents are from Michigan. Yeah. Right. Right. You learn to talk by the way the people who communicate around you talk, you take statistics, you listen, you, you, and again, you're not doing it consciously. Right. Right. It's just like, wait, Oh, it's kind of like how you learn in English. We can put an S and a T together, Mm -hmm. but in other languages, we may, that name, that may not be a rule that's allowed. Huh? Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Oh, great question. <laughs> well, look into that Zips law because I find the idea of um, those underlying systems being universal to all creatures on this earth that have the capacity to vocalize in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Find that really, really amazing. It, it makes us realize that we're really all pretty much... Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of the same thing. I mean, exactly. I know this sounds crazy, exactly. but exactly. like one of, the, one of the souls I communicate best with on this earth is my dog. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he, he looks at my patterns. He watches me. He knows exactly my tone of voice when he cannot come outside with me. He knows my tone of voice when he's going outside with me. Like it's, and you know, and I've established it, you know, yeah. but I communicate very well with my dog. Well, and it's, it's funny you bring that up because my, my dog, um, one of my dogs, I have two, she has started having little anxious freakouts at bedtime. Mm. And I have no idea what the problem is. Usually we're, it's the same thing. We're, we're, you know, lockstep. Mm-hmm. She bonded with me much more readily than she did my wife. So she looks to me to, for direction and stuff. But for some reason, just within the past, like three weeks, she, I mean, she's a super affectionate dog. She gets into the bed with us. She wedges herself between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she likes to snuggle. And now she's reticent to do that. She paces around the room. She, she cries a little bit. Is it only at a certain time of night? You said only when it's time to go to bed or is it it's time through? to go to bed? Yeah. Has and something changed? That's what I was. That's I'm trying to figure that out. And the only thing that I can think of is that since it's cooler, we've had the windows open in the bedroom. Okay. So a lot more noise stimulus. Okay. So my thought is that she might just be responding to that change 
but my wife thinks it's ghosts. Okay. Well, here's the thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I may have I may have put that idea in her in her head though. So just throwing that out there. I, I may have put that idea in her head. I love that you're like, it could be the noises from outside, you know, like the cars going by or ghosts. Yeah. So <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I do think, I, I, like I said, I think so much about my life is about patterns. And I'm like, so obviously I feel like a pattern either got interrupted for her, right? Yes. Or a new pattern started for her. And sometimes yes. it's one and the same, I know. But um, I mean, you know, I, I'm also a researcher. Test it out. Pull away a variable. You know, close yeah. the window, see what she does. Yep. Maybe it's cold. Maybe it's yeah. colder for her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, that's, yeah, I know. I that's you know, it's all either here or there. But it was funny that you brought that's up the so dog because uh, I was I was explaining actually to my therapist uh, earlier today, right before we were on on oh. the reception. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's twenty twenty. We're all in therapy. Of uh, course we are. And if you're not, you yeah. should be. Like so. I was gonna say, we should be. Everything's yeah. preventative, in my opinion. <laughs> should be. But um, I was talking to him, and and uh, you know, t- I mentioned to him the whole Zips Law thing, and and I I said, you know, it if there are those similar patterns that run through all creatures that can vocalize in some way, shape or form. I really would like to think that at some point in time, it will be capable to basically be able to understand your dog, you know, because right now my dog is freaking out at, you know, at bedtime and I don't know why. So, right. Right. so yeah. Oh, Caleb. See, we met when we were five and we're still on the same wavelength. I know. <laughs> I feel like honestly, I feel like nothing has changed. Like I, it, this was changed. so natural. To, talking about speech and talking with people, this just felt so natural. It's so wonderful to see you. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you. Okay, so I'm gonna sign off. Uh, this was Caleb Armstrong, and we are gonna say goodbye to him and for enlightening us with his amazing. <laughs> no, God, you had so much going on with language and communication and songwriting yeah. and and all of that. So thank you so much, Caleb. You're too kind. Thank you so much, Megan. It's great seeing you. Good seeing you.